Let me pray for us. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful who have gathered here out of love for you in this season in which we await and celebrate the coming birth of Jesus Christ. And now, may my words and our hearts together glorify you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What a mysterious and in some ways troubling story we have just heard read on this last Sunday of 2023. Whatever Mary was doing when Gabriel showed up, certainly his message was an interruption of her life. As evidenced by her question, how can this be? And what if the language of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you? Not only did that have to be concerning for Mary, but it also raises issues of power and vulnerability, consent, and agency, doesn't it? Of course, to say that is to read and hear this story through 21st century eyes and ears. Here is a mystical story told in the first century of the common era. And consequently, there is much to consider, not the least of which is the idea of incarnate love. And perhaps on this Sunday when we light the Advent candle of love, we can slow down for a minute and consider the mystery of a God who comes to us then and now and into the future. A common practice of our scriptures is telling stories in parallel with each story illuminating the other. In the writer of Luke's story, the visit of Gabriel to Mary was preceded by a very similar story of Gabriel visiting the temple priest Zechariah, who we would know becomes the father of John whom we call the Baptist. Each of the encounters foretells a miraculous pregnancy. These stories, when read together, show similarities, but also one very marked contrast. Both Zechariah and Mary ask Gabriel a clarifying question. Zechariah, when told that his wife Elizabeth would conceive and bear a son, whom Zechariah is told to name John, asks, How will I know this is so? question born from his intellect that suggests an intellectual skepticism. Mary, on the other hand, responds with wonder and astonishment. How can this be? This question reveals Mary to be wise beyond her years, thoughtful, and deeply formed in her Jewish tradition. The earliest Christian communities, not unlike Christians today, wrestle with how to understand the mystery of Jesus being the child of God. Luke answers the question with the idea that the incarnation, Jesus' conception, came about through Mary being a virgin. Certainly a mysterious event, especially given our scientific understanding of conception. Of course, it is important to point out that in the ancient world, virgin was a way of saying young woman. 
So while this again raises issues about who Mary is and what is meant for her as a young woman to conceive a child of God, part of Luke's perspective here is that in Jesus, God came into the world in a hidden and unexpected subversive way. In a world dominated by authority of men, a world not unlike our own, Jesus would come into the world through the faith, strength, and body of a young woman. In a world dominated by Roman and Jerusalem authorities, Jesus came into the world through a family from Nazareth, a backwater, no-name town out of nowhere, a town unmentioned in all of the Hebrew scriptures. In a world dominated by power and violent strength, Jesus came into this world as an infant with a soft spot on his head. Another important consideration for us in all of this is the fact, as Reverend Nan Baker likes to say, that all births result in a child of God being born. And that, my friends, is the great mystery of our faith. Throughout this story, Luke emphasizes the links between Jesus and David. Most notably, Mary calling herself the servant of God. An echo of a phrase applied to King David in the book of Samuel that elevates Mary in her stature to as a person being on par with King David. Mary's concluding ascent, here I am, and then her world-changing, let it be with me according to your word, was an act of affirmation and faith that makes her, in effect, the first disciple. Far from being a passive listener to Gabriel's announcement, Mary emerges as a young woman with her own voice and does, in fact, have agency over her life and offers her consent to God a powerful consent to God that is an example of, for people, even people today, about how to be open to God, engage the wonder of God, and responds with the resounding yes that can change things, that can change us, that can change our world. Reading Luke's account of the Annunciation to Mary from the light of the Advent candle of love, reveals Luke's story as a story of our loving God who cares deeply for humanity. And that love as an unfolding force in history, taking shape through generations of ordinary, unexpected, and often vulnerable people like you and me. A few months after her encounter with Gabriel, Mary will proclaim her famous Magnificat a song that includes her words of justice, comfort, and challenge, a song that echoes down through the ages and shapes us still. The young girl who met the presence of God continues to disrupt and transform our troubled world. One of my favorite Spiritualist Father Richard Rohr, writing about the Incarnation, explains that in Jesus, God is revealed in human form. 
And then he writes this. In the first 1,200 years of Christianity, the central feast or celebration of the church was Easter, with the high holy days of Holy Week leading up to the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But in the 13th century, Francis of Assisi entered the scene. He realized that we didn't need to wait for God to love us through the cross and the resurrection. Francis believed the whole thing started with incarnate love, love in the flesh, love as Emmanuel, God with us. Francis believed that, and he popularized what we now take for granted as Christmas. Francis realized that since God had become flesh, taken on materiality, physicality, and humanity, that we didn't have to wait for Good Friday and Easter to resolve the problem of our human sin. The problem was solved from the beginning. You know, for Luke, we can't truly come to grips with this act of divine love without it taking our breath away. Wonder is a key theme in this story. From Mary's how can this be to Gabriel's for nothing will be impossible with God. And so the story should be told and explored in ways that sparkle with wonder. And at the same time, it is also an opportunity to reflect on and practice the role of wonder and the role it plays in our faith and in our lives. So it makes sense that Christmas became the great celebratory feast of Christians because it says it is good to be human. It is good to be on this earth. It is good to have a body. It is good to have emotions. It is good to have an intellect. And we don't need to be ashamed of any of it. God loves us just as we are, fully human and with a spark of the divine. We, in fact, become God's incarnate love. Thanks be to God. Amen.